0: You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast,
1: comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now your hosts, Coach Mayer, Jordan, <laughs> Cliff, and Seth.
2: <laughs> Oh, my Just God. as funny the second time. I know, yeah. <laughs> every time. Hey, everybody out there. You have stumbled upon Kapow, the pop-cultured podcast. My name is Jordan Lowe.
0: I'm, I'm Jared Lowe. I'm Cliff Barnes. <laughs> I'm Seth. we we got to work on that. I don't know. <laughs> so just, just
2: make yourself at home. <laughs> Jump right in and
3: I
0: overstep my mouth?
2: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> like it. I like it. So, joining us once again, thanks for coming out again for another episode, Mr. Jared Lowe. We affectionately refer to him as Coach Mayor.
3: We won't tell you why if you don't know. Go back in the archives <laughs> and find out why he's Coach Mayor and I'm Coach Munchkin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this episode, we have a lot of great surprises for you. We we're going to talk. I'm
2: worried these two have been scheming. <laughs>
3: I, I, I will loop. tell you that one part of my message to Jerry was, in all caps, DON'T TELL JORDAN. Oh, no. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, anyway, it's not that bad. Hopefully about.
2: it's not embarrassing for my past.
3: <laughs> in my,
1: I don't think so.
2: No,
3: no It's, it's, it's something embarrassing for our future. <laughs> <And I'm> like,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, this is going to be great. Even better. You should always just think any idea I have is gold. <laughs> it's gold, Jerry. Okay, so we're going to talk about movies. And we're going to talk about some TV. And we're going to do a one job. Everybody's going to be excited about that. We're, we're, a, we're a podcast. That's what we do. We talk about things. Coach Mayer brought a suggestion for one job. We don't even know what it is. That's the most exciting part. Okay, so. But we have a new segment that we've never done before. And we didn't have a name for it until just a second ago. <laughs>
2: The plebeians beneath you—they enjoy the rabble. Give <laughs> yeah. them their bread and circuses. Oh, For right. I
3: shall lead capal theater. Oh, no. So after Clovis <laughs> inserts the <laughs> wonderful drop that he created this week. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep well done Cliff. I don't know how you do it time it after is, time I mean it's All just right. another it's hit after hit after hit just let's find everything. a
2: way this guy never
3: lets us down it's like just as you think they can't get any you better you're like wow <laughs> blows your doors off yeah <laughs> Anyway, uh, I remember many months ago, we always are talking about stuff on Facebook, and at some point when, you know, I, I randomly am always saying, hey, tell me, any, any suggestion I can get people to talk about movies. Uh, but at some point I said, hey, uh, tell, you know, say something, I think you use it maybe in spelling your name, probably, and, and you pick this movie, Double Indemnity, which I had never seen. It includes the first Disney legend, Fred McMurray, mm-hmm. and from Big Valley, Barbara Stanwyck. That's all I ever knew her from before this. Um, anyway, I'd never seen it. Film noir, classic. 1944, Billy Wy- Wilder. Will make an appearance on my poster. Ooh. Wow. That's, that's on the poster. It's great. It immediately jumped into my top 100 movies. I was very excited when I saw it and had you know learned of it i found the one a great movie it's so exciting so I, I remember at the time sending jared a message that said when the next time you're on the podcast we're going to act out the best scene from that movie <laughs> and i said as much as you want to be barbara stanwick you cannot be i will be her and you'll be disney legend prepping murray so, prepare yourselves, everyone. We have not practiced this. No. So, <laughs> a promise
2: y- it wasn't even made on air. It was made in private. Yes.
3: Yeah. I had forgotten y- about it. You were holding him to it. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell him at all until tonight, and I was like, well, I should let him know. You know, I had to send him the dialogue. But he, I will say this, when I sent him the information, I said, hey, by the way, I don't know if you remember, but we're going to do this. And he's like, I know exactly what senior talking about. <laughs> he knew right away what we were doing. So we're just going to, we're just going to go into it guys. You so are- double indemnity is a
2: black and white crime noir classic about an insurance. An insurance salesman.
0: A who meets a lady. Right. And, and they're, they're going to commit
2: him. fraud and
3: murder. Well, don't now, spoil it. we got a whole scene here. Now, oh, I
0: okay. know you have experience as Mayor Munchkin in yes. your acting Yeah, I feel like that's what I was going
3: to say. We have we okay. have some experience. We need to go over our accolades.
0: Myself, I starred in a third grade play at school. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> well, now, Here's how good I was, yeah. okay? There were like... Five or six main parts to this play. Right. On the night of the play, one of the kids didn't show oh, up. And they're like, story. uh, Jared, you just do all his lines oh, too. Man, I was like, no problem. <laughs> and I nailed it. Okay.
2: What was the
0: play and who were you? The play was called Inside Pitch. And it was baseball themed. Okay, I played a little bit of a bully, kind of a rough character who learned some life lessons
2: about having friends through telling stories about baseball. Now he's over here laughing. <laughs> well, I-, I thought it was an interesting choice that you made a ca- you made a character choice to play him with a speech impediment. Sure.
3: <laughs> <You jerk. laughs> so- <laughs>
0: talk about method acting i actually developed a speech impediment for the first 10 years of my life in preparation for this role Uh, he
2: had a hard time with r's yes (laughs) oh he would say oh i hope you're not
3: getting in his head there before his (laughs) biggest famous line yeah Go and ahead. our
2: our, fa- our family will still quote this. Is, the score was four to four. Yeah, so I had basically a monologue where I went up in front of a stage
0: and I told the story of the famous Babe Ruth called shot, right, where he... Called his home Just run. And do it. Just do And the first line was, the score was four to four. I couldn't say any of those words. And then later on I was thinking, I could have said the score was seven to two. No one would have known. And I don't know why I stuck to the script on that one. Because I sounded like an idiot. Um,
3: but yeah, that's
0: my acting experience. That is
3: awesome. See, we never would have known that if I hadn't come out with this great thing and Cliff hadn't made that awesome drop. <laughs> Actually, I'd love to find audio of you saying that that we could work into the drum. Oh, yeah. We have a VHS camera pretty sure. <laughs> so, so, as we're doing this, Cliff's going to put a little film noir s- soundtrack behind it, a little score, because he you know, always puts this.
1: <laughs> the idea of all this new equipment was he- to. <laughs> Get rid of the editing process. <laughs> Edit on
3: the fly. Oh, Record have it all amazing. Ready. I can already, oh, hear my it God. My Should we set the scene just so well, they know what's going Basically, happening? We, she, uh, Fred has stopped by, or sorry, Walter Neff, Walter Neff has stopped by, um, to help this lady, um, Phyllis renew her husband's car insurance is what they're planning to yes. do here. And they seem to have a little chemistry. As you will see, it'll be apparent. The chemistry—it <laughs> will be very <laughs> electric. Leap in the air, had <laughs> electric. Okay, so I guess we can't turn back now. <laughs> so, I want to—I want to go on record before we ruin this—that I—I was demanding that I got to be voted. <laughs> he was very adamant.
2: <laughs>
3: so. Here we go.
2: Just imagine you're like Cheryl Blossom with that yeah. kind
3: of. Yeah. Now we don't intensity. need any interruptions here. I know you're going to be. You're going to want to get be really excited about. It.
2: I'm waiting for my dialogue as it keys. Oh yeah, keys. Yeah, we Edward did. G. Robinson. I left I
3: left keys out of it. <laughs> I mean, Edward G. Robinson. But uh, Judy. But and if Capel if, if, <laughs> if Theater theater is ahead, it will take off. It will take off be a whole thing. We'll have four part four people in the scene all kinds of stuff okay here we go
2: <laughs> let's give Cliff dialogue Come oh
3: yeah but that's, what I was that's what I told him I was like I, like, I recognized dialogue I, I recognized talent right away I, I was like I know people can deliver their lines and I recognize people that can't <laughs> I knew right away I needed to give Cliff the minimum number of lines and still right. almost went how back long to ago
2: was that we made that video oh man
3: Whew. yeah. if you guys ever want to see some great stuff we gotta
2: dig that up and share it on Facebook again now that we have like twice the number of fans we gotta like <laughs>
3: Eight, like fans. eight people. <laughs> oh, anyway. Okay, let's just get into it.
2: Why are we not filming?
3: film <laughs> yeah, filming, because I don't have a dress. A I don't have a black and white dress. Alright. This should be going out live for the people. That's foolish. Really okay. Don't interrupt anymore. I'm trying to get in character.
2: <laughs> I remember <laughs> I would do certain rap songs or whatever, and I, I got
3: no support. Just <laughs> <Get laughs> mockery. That's true. All right. You're a smart insurance man, aren't you, Mr. Nath? Well, I've been at it 11 years. Doing pretty well? It's a living. You handle just
0: automobile insurance or all kinds? All kinds. Fire, earthquake, theft, public liability, group insurance, industrial stuff, and so on right down the line. Accident insurance? Accident insurance? Sure, Mrs. Deetrickson. Wish you'd tell me what's engraved on that anklet. (laughs) (laughs) Just my name. As for instance? Phyllis. Phyllis, huh? I think I like that. But you're not sure? I'd have to drive it around the block a couple of times.
3: Mr. Neff, why don't you drop by tomorrow evening about 8.30? He'll be in then. Who? My husband. You were anxious to talk to him weren't you?
0: Yeah, I was, but I'm sort of getting over the idea, if you know what I mean. <laughs> There's a speed limit
3: in this state, Mr. Neff. 45 miles an hour.
0: How fast was I going, officer?
3: I'd say around 90.
0: Suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket.
3: (laughs) Suppose I'll let you out with a warning this time.
0: Suppose it doesn't take.
3: Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles.
0: Suppose I bust out crying and put my head on your shoulder. Suppose you try putting it on my husband's shoulder. That tears it. (laughs) 8.30 tomorrow evening, then? That's what I suggested. Will you be here, too? I guess so. I usually am. same chair, same perfume, same anklet. I wonder if I know what you mean. I wonder if you wonder. I'll use a voiceover: Now it was a hot afternoon, and I can still remember the smell of honeysuckle all along that street. How could I have known that murder can sometimes smell like
2: honeysuckle? And see.
1: <laughs> this is the weirdest
3: thing we've done yet. <laughs>
2: I was about eighty percent convinced halfway through he would change it to dialogue from witness,
3: <laughs> that was and then just completely
2: that? threw you off. I
0: was I was worried about doing this, well, but the, I, I just thought you know the good thing is no one will ever hear it. That's so. true.
3: That's true. Well, I said when we were talking about it, I was like I said it to him, and I I said I chose this because I didn't want to hear you singing sing cook, and that's when he quit responding when I made the witness reference okay um that that was the first episode of Kapal Theater not the last I'm not sure not the last we get some feedback if anyone acts like that was good we'll keep doing it I swear to you oh my gosh let's keep going with some movies
2: save Martha puny god
3: I'm just a kid from Brooklyn.
2: I'm Batman. Kneel
1: before it it. Under roof
3: You said it yourself, bitch. We're the Guardians of the Galaxy.
2: So what's it gonna be, huh? Long, sullen silence? Or mean comment? Go on. You got me in a box here. Ha! <laughs> I have a request for the next Capow Theater. <laughs> <laughs> no spoil for everybody. That that exchange between Batman and Superman talking about Martha. <laughs> that was well,
3: okay. It. <laughs> well, speaking of that, that rolls right into. Of course did, it does. Did you guys see the Godzilla trailer? King of the Monsters. Godzilla colon probably King of the Monsters. Yes. With Millie Bobby Brown I Yes. Did you like that trailer?
2: I didn't see The Last Godzilla, so I just, those aren't my cup of tea. Doesn't matter,
3: but it was a great trailer because of the music. It was like Claire Delune. I don't know if you recognize the name, but it was incredible. It was all about the song. Like if you pick the right song for a trailer, I admire somebody that can just take a trailer that probably would be worth nothing and you put the right music to it and it becomes amazing if you have not seen that trailer watch it because the music is amazing and it and takes makes it great and since you said that i was going to comment that i think that in the sequel to that will probably be king kong versus godzilla and they'll fight and decide that each of their mothers are named mothra <laughs> <laughs> why did you say that name <laughs> Uh, did you guys see anything? I saw a bunch of movies, but yeah. Uh, what did you see? Uh, Disney's Christopher Robin. Oh, yeah. Oh, this that's is that one movie. about
2: really sad story about World War One.
3: No, <laughs> it's, it's not about, I don't know, I'm good. let's not do this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: so I talked a couple weeks ago about the movie um, Goodbye Christopher Robin, which Some people got confused with the new movie. I'm not doing any better. Christopher Robin. I do like a party. Come on, Pooh. What should happen if you forget about me?
2: Silly old bear. I won't ever forget about you, Pooh. I promise. Not even when I'm 100.
3: We should be working this weekend, Robin. But I I promised my wife and daughter I'd take them away this weekend. All hands on deck. You won't be coming to the cottage. Well, it can't be helped. Your life is happening now, right in front of you. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do indeed. Pooh? Christopher Robin.
1: So this uh, this stars Ewan McGregor. Mm. And um, uh, Jim Cummings does the voice of Pooh and Tigger still. Which, um, if you're not familiar with him, he's a huge voice actor. Uh, Darkwing Duck. Um... Poo, Tigger, countless others.
3: <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, dot. You know what I like? somebody, somebody who does their homework.
1: <laughs> 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 um, and then, uh, let's see, who else is also in this? Uh, Agent Carter. What the heck is her name? It uh, just escaped me. Uh, Haley, Haley Atwell. Yeah. Haley Atwell. Um, and it was, took the family, um, pretty empty theater, went and saw it in Marietta, uh, Sunday. We took a day trip up north to get back to school supplies for the kiddies. And, uh, on our way back, we were about a half hour, um, north of Marietta, and we decided, eh, we got time, why don't we, uh, just go over and see a movie? So, um, it was, it was good. It was live action, except for the, and Tigger and Piglet and Brad Garrett pl- it does the voice of um, Eeyore from Everybody Loves Raymond.
3: Hello Eeyore. Christopher Robin it's you played again. And <laughs> it used to be him. What What's that? That's not who traditionally does Eeyore. No music.
1: it's been several different. the guy
3: it's like the guy that did Optimus Prime did Peter Cullen? Yeah I think he did Eeyore also.
1: Hmm. Look it up. At one point. <laughs> um. So, anyways, uh, this is a m- more fictional account of Christopher Robin than the uh, the movie I talked about previously. So, this is Christopher Robin as a young boy has to. This is it picks up. He's going to boarding school. He's leaving the Hundred Acre wo- Wood. He's going to go grow up, and um, he he's going to go grow up. And then he forgets about, um, Pooh and friends for like 30 years and, and goes off to war again. And then this version, he gets married and has a daughter. Um, he's employed at a luggage company and, um, who is facing cutbacks is basically the storyline. Anyways, he, this is all about the typical work versus family balance. Um, he's working too much and has to learn that, you know, priorities, stuff like that. In order to do that, um, he runs back into Winnie the Pooh.
3: It would appear that I am stuck. Have you just eaten honey? I have not
1: just eaten honey.
3: I wonder which way.
1: I always get to where I'm going by walking
3: away from where I have been. Do you? That's the way I do it. And
1: it's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a sad movie at all, but, but it wasn't real joyful like you would think Winnie the Pooh is. It's called Say What You See, you first be your disgrace, shame, humiliation. Well that's one way to play it Now Jim Cummings is great. The animation of the characters is really good.
2: Um, they looked very textured. Like it looked like yes. kind of a very felt look yeah. to it. Yeah. They look, the look like
1: plush animal. You and know they get to have
2: a good interaction like with their humans Absolutely. and the animation. Yeah, no
1: scenes. Yeah. Very, very well done. Um, the big thing I, I took away from it was just these, I heard somebody talking about these characters and how Pooh and Piglet and Eeyore and Rue and um, Kanga and Owl all represent kind of a facet of humanity. And it really shows in this movie. Like, you really pick up, you know, how timid and scared Piglet is all the time. And Pooh's just very calm, you know, very steady. He's the same all the time. And then you have, you know, Owl thinks he knows way more than he does. And and Eeyore's very gloomy and sad all the time. And and it's just kind of interesting how all these different personality traits kind of, you know, wrap up into into a regular person. So I was thinking about that a lot um after I watched it. But um I don't think this movie is doing great at the box office. I don't know that Disney expected it to do blockbuster numbers, but they did put a lot of advertising behind it. I've been yeah, st- I didn't know which one it was when it right, came out. Right. But I but I have seen you know ads for this movie The Toys Are Out. I've seen them a lot, you know, cuz I'm always on Disney stuff, site websites and Blogs and stuff But um, I was a little surprised that not as many people had Went and watched it But Ewan McGregor is really good Very convincing um, He's likable Even when he's not supposed to be Sometimes um, Haley Atwell isn't in the movie a whole lot But she, she's fine And then um, the little girl that plays Madeline, his daughter, is also very good It's got some great lines A great ending If you want, you know, just that feel good at the end, movie go see it. Um, the other big news coming about this movie is it was banned in China. They're not going to release it in China. So it was a big to do with the Chinese president. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, looked like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, yeah, looked yeah someone like Winnie said the Pooh. he looked like. Winnie was <laughs> John,
2: a like uh, big John Oliver. John Oliver. that's Yeah, what I'm
1: yeah. So yeah, I heard a
0: uh, interview. I think it was on NPR the other day with Jim Cummings, kind of about yeah. the movie coming out. And I, it just had me thinking, like, you know, he's an old-school voice actor, you know, doing it since the 80s. And it's, like, thinking about how that's changed so much now. Every animated movie that comes out, it's about which stars are voicing the characters. Right. Where, like, there was a whole other category of actors back in the day that that's all they did is yeah. voice actors. Yeah, think of, like, Mel Blanc, yeah, and people and like, like that. You know, Jim Cummings is probably the most well-known of those guys. Yeah, we can
2: name dozens of his. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you start he does, uh, Pete or whatever from all the, like, goofy movies and stuff. He's like that Pete guy. I know that. <laughs> Pete guy. And he's the guy from Tailspin. And, yeah. Or no, uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That's the one I was thinking about. But yeah, so pretty much interesting any, any interesting. Any 90s. You knew all
2: that and left Cliff hanging yeah. on
0: yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, the I did. I any 90s Disney series or movies, yeah. um, Jim was a character or two or three or Which four. Which threw in all me of the them.
2: first time I learned he did Pooh's voice because he's not, like, very gruff. Yeah. He, he doesn't like, yeah,
1: normally sound that way. Yeah. And there's such a contradiction from Pooh and Tigger. And, and there's a lot, you know, in any, since he's been doing it, there's a lot of interaction between the two characters and they're so different. Pooh's so, you know, kind of lower and, um, Tigger's so boisterous and, and such a difference in, in, in projection there.
3: The real takeaway is that the president of China is kind of, is, he's, I would describe him as Winnie the Pooey. Is he Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> hey, when I was Let's at
2: get China. our podcast banned in China. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do
3: Publicity, it. I want to get banned in Uganda. <laughs> so that one guy I can't listen anymore. Um, I watched the movies when I was at Gen Con. Before I left, I saw Mission Impossible 6. I, of course, I couldn't stand it. I had to see it. And then I liked it so much, I decided I needed to see it in IMAX while I was in the big city. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Guys, it's it's one of the best action movies ever, I swear. Lives up to all the hype it's getting. It really does. It's it surpasses really passes It is getting a lot of hype. It is. I will admit. Like... I like that because I've, I've sing its praises and it seems like a lot of other people are on board with that. I, I don't know if it's my favorite one, but the fact that I have to think about it uh, is tough. It's right up there. I really love the first one though. I think the first one is really great spy movie with some great action and this one is a great action movie. The main thing that I really love about it is, well, they brought, they all, they're, Famously, always have a different director, but this time Christopher McQuarrie did five and six because Tom asked him to come on. We're doing this. And they, this one finally, usually they're singular stories, and this one finally like continued things and brought a lot of things back from the past movies, tied some stuff up. It was just really fantastic. Um, so you're saying it could win that new Oscar for the best best popular popular movie? The weirdest wording, best popular. Not most popular, best popular. Um, I yeah, I doubt it. But I uh, I loved it. I loved it. And Henry Cavill, his mustache was a big uh, sticking point, uh, as I recall, with the whole Justice League thing. I had this to say: he was fantastic. This is his one job, as far as I'm concerned. He was great in this movie. Uh, great. I mean, just a, he was a very big part of the movie, and he did a fantastic job. I didn't know he had it in him. I loved. I don't know that, how important his mustache was, but I'm glad they stuck to their guns. Um, and you know, again, I just think Tom Cruise is like the modern day Jackie Chan, you know, doing all these stunts. I will. I like that the one of the early scenes you've seen in the previews. He has like a he's jumping out of an airplane. This guy's lit up. Uh, you can, you know, it's, his helmet's lit up for whatever reason, just so you can see his face, I'm sure. But they were commenting, and the thing I listened to that he, it was, you know, they are pumping oxygen in there. That's part of the plot, is there's oxygen, and it clears up their thing. You, they're, they're like, we had that lit up, like, it could, his head could have caught on fire, one spark. And all I could think was, Tom Cruise, if he'd have known that, he said, why are you not setting my head on fire? <laughs> because- He could grin, and the teeth yeah. would go, bing! Yeah.
2: <sniffs> Boom! Immolation
3: <laughs> So great um, But yeah it was fantastic on IMAX um, yeah, As Michael Sold it to me So I've seen two movies on IMAX now And I highly recommend it uh, I'm very tempted to drive back to Columbus And see it again Because you're not going to get another chance um, I also saw What was the name of that <laughs> Oh sorry to bother you Oh, I bet, I, I thought, I thought, oh, I get a chance to see that. This is the Boots Riley movie, his first movie. I don't really know much about him, but, uh, Keith Stanfield is that his name? L- Keith something. You know it? Uh, and Stanfield.
2: Stanfield. No, I was gonna make some joke about him graduating Door the Explorer to go in to make movies, <laughs> I don't know if that hits our demographic. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, he's great in Atlanta, and, uh, this movie was very strange. Had, uh, Tessa Thompson, Terry Crews, Pat Oswalt, David Cross doing some voice work. Um, he's a, you know, trying to make it, you know, doesn't have any money, uh, gets a job telemarketing and gets some, uh, advice from someone he works with, played by Danny Glover, who tells him to start using his white voice, you know, and that he, he might do a little better. And so he finds that he has a white voice which is David Cross's voice, and it takes off from there. Uh, it takes a turn about halfway through that is so absurd, I don't know if I could go along for the ride. Like, I tried, and I didn't dislike the movie, but it was just almost too much. Like, this guy was like, I'm putting everything in this movie because I don't know if I'll ever get another chance. And it might have been not a great idea. But, uh, you know, if you have any interest in it, I do say it's worth seeing. It's definitely... You'll never see anything like it. But the other movie I saw, which is very high on my list this year, was from Bo Burnham called Eighth Grade. And it stars a girl named Elsie Fisher, a young teenage girl that, you know, plays the character in Just Graduating from Eighth Grade. And she's, you know, really... It really focuses on social media, um, how kids today, we just can't even understand what they're going through. We did not have this when we were kids. And every year, earlier and earlier, they're exposed to all these social media platforms and how they, you know, how they have to like everything and do all, you know, jump through all the hoops to try to get through their lives. And she was just fantastic.
2: So... The topic of today's video is being yourself. Being yourself can be hard. And it's like, aren't I always being myself? And yeah, for sure.
3: But being yourself is like not changing yourself to impress someone else. A lot of people like call me quiet or shy or whatever,
2: but I'm not quiet. Most quiet,
1: Taylor Day.
2: I don't talk a lot at school, but if people talk to me and stuff, they'd find out that I'm like, really funny and cool and talkative by the way I liked we were so that.
3: uncomfortable watching i watched it with my son who's 19 and i thought i was telling jordan earlier today i thought i bet the closer you are to that age the more uncomfortable you are because he was squirming in his seat and he was just like oh this is just making me sick you know he's just like to you know just knowing he was like embarrassed for for the kids for what they were doing and saying and just thinking how oh the cringing that they were saying this or that trying to be cool and stuff and he just knows how close he is to that (laughs) how very not very far he's getting away from it and and i also was just uncomfortable but not in a bad just like just because i like to feel something when i watch anything so you will feel something you will feel uncomfortable but it pays off so well in the end I i said on facebook Much like you know, I saw someone quoted. Much like the Breakfast Club, when I was in eighth grade, the Breakfast Club came out, and we weren't supposed to watch it, but we did, and it was good for us to see all the problems that kids have. And this really takes it to that this next level. I would, if you have, if I had a kid that was in eighth grade, I would let him watch this. It's it is a travesty that it is rated R. Yeah, I sent an article
0: to my wife today. So my son starts eighth grade in two weeks. Mm. And the article is basically like, ignore this rating. Take your kids to yeah. see this movie. It's important. It's awkward, but it's important. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah.
3: I I back that up it, just because I don't even know why they did it. I know that they say the f word like four times, and I'd say that is it. Usually, you're only allowed one at PG-13, so that must be it. And there is an awkward, potentially sexual scene, but nothing happens uh, you know uh, so it's important I think it really That's is what,
2: yeah the motion picture ratings play, there's no wiggle room for there's no appeal mm-hmm. to that it is they have a checklist and if they count the F-bombs and it's yeah. there's no like you know artistic intent doesn't mean anything they're not going to relook at it. Like, well, maybe we should rate that. You know, yeah. they don't I think care. it was just
0: today I saw an article that they, the director, like announced that they're doing free screenings in all fifty states yes. because every state can has get a away show. with, you know, yeah. just kids can go without the rating yeah. or whatever if it's a free screening.
3: So. Yeah, that's what they're doing, which is great because they they honestly killed this movie. Uh, I think it would have a chance to be something, but people aren't going to go see it because of that. Um, and I just uh, the only just to really push people to say it. It's a very heartwarming ending, so I know a lot of people don't like to not have leave with a good feeling. I definitely left with a great feeling and wanted to scream <laughs> on my podcast that so everybody <laughs> should see it. It's super high on my list this year.
2: Because really, how many of these teen coming age movies are of this era or this generation? You know, it's a bunch of middle-aged men making them, and they put cell phones and texting in it, but do any of these really capture. Because it, it's been a quantum leap. Teenagers mm. were basically the same since the 50s. Right. Until very recently, it seems mm. like. There, there's something completely different about this generation. Yeah. And this seems to be one of the first that actually captures.
3: Well, what I, what I heard Bo said, you know, it may sound weird, but I basically just went on forums and listened to how kids talk, and that's how he wrote it. You know, it's it's. So, so good. So watch 8th Grade, or if you got to wait till it comes out on video, whatever, when you do, trust me, I'll be posting, reminding you all to watch it. I, w- I will definitely be watching it again. Anybody else watch any movies?
2: Well, we're not doing streaming tonight, but Cliff and I watched Extinction. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Tell us all about it.
2: Very recent uh, Netflix original that just came out. Uh, sorry, Michael Pena is the star. Mm-hmm.
1: John,
2: uh, Mike Coulter. So many movies, like. So many. Ant Man and so, Ant-Man so many others. <laughs> Ant Man 2, who can. <laughs> Chips! Chips! <laughs> uh, but, you know, basic alien invasion sci fi story, but something happens about halfway through that shifts how you view it. Yeah, yeah, totally. It, it,
1: it takes a turn. Um, I can't think of the girl's name in it the plays his wife but
2: Oh Lizzie Kaplan.
1: Okay.
3: From, oh I like her. Uh, Masters of Stags. From so many things. from movies. So many. In, yeah, she was Stags. in Masters of Souls on that, Showtime, I think. Uh, and uh, uh party Party Down. Party down, yeah. yeah. Great stuff. Yeah, so I it was a, I didn't read the
1: description. Like guy at work told me he was like, Oh, watch this movie. Um, you should check it out. I was like, Okay. And that's what I did at work one day.
2: <laughs> Why do you have to get up early? Why are you worried about losing sleep if, if yeah. this is how you work? Yeah, he's like, I gotta get up and I showed that
3: gif of you just <laughs> sliding around on mattresses. <laughs> I know what's going on. Yeah, so, and I, I,
1: I just went into it blind, just turned it on. I was like, Oh, I like this guy. He's pretty funny. And, um, he was like the most serious. <laughs> very dramatic role. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that I've ever seen him and uh, yeah it's um, I, I don't want it's so new I don't want to give it away but I thought it was fine I mean for a Netflix movie it's not bad yeah I don't, I don't watch <laughs> glowing recommendations like I mean I, it's, it's fine but it, the twist really makes the movie it turns it up over on it's head um, from what you think you're you're watching, it makes and, it
2: something different than just your typical yeah fighting aliens um i I said I don't watch a ton of the Netflix stuff, but it's like bright or whatever I thought it was better than bright mm-hmm. like, maybe not a ton better. I just thought it was weird how they ended it of like, yeah, assuming there's gonna be a sequel or more to it right. like it doesn't really wrap things up it leaves you like those aliens come back. We got to do yeah. something. You know, it was like you're just it's, let's walk before we run. It's, it's kind extinction. of frustrating. Yeah,
3: yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I had never even heard of it till you started messaging about it. Well, I'm glad I
2: watched it to hmm? get that timely review in <laughs> of barely <laughs> being able to describe it.
0: <laughs> I watched a movie. It's a 30 year old movie that I'd never seen, but is like this huge cult movie, but. It's on Amazon, but Buckaroo Banzai.
3: Oh my all god! Right.
0: All is right. that, what are what are the opinions on this? Thing? Well, that's one of Michael's know. favorite movies. Have <laughs> you
3: ever heard of him? I wasn't
2: quite sure what to make of it. I mean, I've never seen it. Really, this is it good? It's, I mean, it's.
3: Wait, let's hear how much yeah. Jordan loves it.
2: Oh, I love it! But again, it's it's one of those if you watch when you were ten years old. I know week, every it. weekend. I saw, I saw Ready Player
3: one. You would love
2: it. Yeah, you know how he dresses, and it. <laughs> But like, yeah. If you just sat down and watch as an adult, you might just be like, "Well," and you know, I didn't see it till I was probably in college. But I I appreciate how crazy it is and how loopy. And I have
3: it in my queue. Seriously, not as a joke. But I, I,
2: it's very self-aware of how ridiculous. it is. Okay, well that's okay.
0: So sometimes I don't know. Like when you go back to the eighties, I was like,
3: whether they know how do
0: they know how are they being ironic? Were people (laughs) ironic
2: back
3: then? I don't know. Not a word yet. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Well, we what worst, I the worst love, worst for the ending, I want every movie ever made to end like that, where they're all just walking toward the camera yeah. and the theme song's playing. And it's so <laughs> triumphant, and it's so amazing, you just want it to go on That's forever. That's how this podcast should end. <laughs> Definitely.
3: <laughs> walking towards cliff. <laughs> That's right. Let's talk some TV. Hello, What
0: the hell is a sticky maple? Run,
2: very
3: run. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. uh uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Hmm.
1: Okay. Well at least we didn't talk over it this week.
3: Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I, I've been waiting to have you here, uh, Jared. I got it now. Are you watching Big Brother?
2: I am watching All Big right. Brother.
3: Alright. Yes. So these well, two got
2: a script about this mm-hmm. week's Big Brother Yep. Oh, yeah. They're gonna
1: read through it line for line. <laughs> and
2: then Cammy said <laughs> You
1: gotta do you gotta do the one girl in the robot voice, So. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy y'all. Um So what do you think? Who's your faves? I, To
0: me, and I have not watched since the very beginning, whatever, I kind of started watching with my wife a number of years ago. So I've seen quite a few seasons. So that's his
3: perspective. Mine, I've seen all of it. Right.
0: But I, to me, this is one of the best seasons I've ever seen because it has the element that I love the most about that show is when you have a group of people that are just so confident that one thing is going to happen and then the opposite of that thing happens and they are just crushed and confused, and it's just great TV. It's like, you know, psychologically, just to see what that does to people. To always be on the wrong side of the boat. Yeah, just every week, well, at least we're getting this guy out, and then they vote the other guy out, and they're just, (laughs) what happened? Um, So a lot of, if you go back a few seasons, there was a lot of everyone knew every week who was going out, and there was no surprises. This season there's been a surprise. Every single week something has happened that it's just been out of left field. But uh yeah, I mean I think Tyler's playing the best game. He's got both sides of the house absolutely they trust him and yeah. he's being you know, I think he's it's uh, it's well well done. Too.
3: But the what I will say about that is yeah, we've had several seasons of somebody dominating the game and then yeah. putting them putting in P- Paul and people who've played before and it's such an advantage to play again if you've played before you know how it works. And this season we have uh, yeah, Tyler's the strongest player, but it's not like he doesn't have anybody also strong. Yeah, like he will—he is facing you know adversity, and he will face more adversity in the future when the people he's working with—they are all good players also. Yeah, so that when he has to go up against Angela and. You know, there are a lot of good... I yeah. think that Haley is really good if she was in with the right people. Well, I said she was the first one to kind of recognize that Tyler was playing both yeah. sides, so I had to give her credit for that. Right. Well, there's some definitely... You don't know. I know some stuff you don't know because <laughs> I watch the pop TV yeah. at night, and there's some crazy stuff going on. But anyway, it's great. I really enjoy it. You are right. I mean, even having not seen all the seasons, this is one of the better yeah. ones because, yeah, there's a blind side every time, and... And, again, it's nice to see – it's nice to see, even in sports, to see a great team dominate. Yeah. And they made this early alliance with a bunch of great players, and they are crushing And generally with that,
0: just, you know, being nerds, it's like the house generally divides into the really athletic, attractive people and then kind of the outcasts on the side. And you always root for the outcasts, like, oh, come on, take me – this year it's different. It's like the really attractive, good people are like – a cohesive unit that works well together and all the outcasts are just insane and they never know what's happening and it's, you just, yeah.
3: you were like, you root for them to fail. It's, yeah, my favorite weird. is that, that Fessy walking around. What happened? Yeah. Um, I have to say though, give it last rates to, uh, um, what's her name? What was her? Haley? No, uh, Haley. Uh, Caitlin? Caitlin, yeah. Well, I got to tell you people, this, this happened a couple weeks ago. She was voted out and they had a special twist that was planned that, Whoever got knocked out was going to get a chance to come back. And they announced, I heard some behind the scenes, they announced to the studio audience, nobody's going home tonight. So it's like, just trust me, there's not going to be an interview afterwards with Julie. Nobody's going home. And because they were so sure that nobody could possibly leave that night. But no, my favorite, Caitlin, found a way. Because she got voted out, and they're like, you get a chance. And she had to put together a puzzle of herself. That was eight piece, eight piece puzzle. Yes. An eight piece puzzle of herself. That should have taken like thirty seconds. They gave her two and a half minutes. I bet, I bet a million dollars that it was two minutes. And then the last second, I'm like, no, we're going to give her an extra thirty seconds just to make sure. And she could not. Do it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, because when she left, they didn't have chairs set up for an interview. They didn't know. No, what, what it was blew happening. them away. <laughs> they didn't know what to do the The fact that she had actually got knocked out of the house because she couldn't put a puzzle over herself together, it was great. It was so your uh,
2: favorite's off the show,
3: yeah. But up there, there's so many good players; it doesn't matter. But she was great while she was there. Um, so anyway, fabulous season. I was waiting to talk with somebody that had been watching it.
2: Well, speaking of cohesive units, you want to root for Cleveland Browns? Uh,
3: <laughs> I I really knew that Jordan was going to bring yep. up Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> I texted uh, where I messaged Cliff. Hey, when
2: a good segue falls in my lap, I'm going yeah. to use it. I,
3: I I messaged Cliff yesterday. I was like, I like to give like a vague thing so Jordan can go, what are they talking about? <laughs> I said, how excited are you for tonight, Cliff? Scale of one to ten. He said, eight. More, I said eight. More, you said more than the Super Bowl. That's right.
2: And when I saw that on my phone, I, I clicked over to HBO. I was like, yep, that's what they're talking about. Yep. <laughs>
3: Yeah, we got our first episode of Hard Knocks.
2: How long's this show been going on?
3: Oh my gosh. A while. Oh many. How many, many. teams is it are the Browns like the last team they had in Yeah. <laughs> no, like, it's probably with six or seven teams. Yeah. I've, I've watched the last four or five years. I told Cliff, that's another thing I messaged. I said, best theme song since Powerless. <laughs> so watch out, Hard Knocks. If you go up the air, we'll steal your theme song, too.
2: So this is like the documentary series that goes inside the huddle, inside the locker room. Your training camp. Your training camp. Yeah. Like
3: whatever happens, you will see it on your screen within two Players weeks.
1: cut, players traded, um, players, you know, injuries. You, you see it all. You see uh, fights, you see the coaches bickering. It goes through um,
3: preseason, al- almost yeah. through preseason. So yeah. you'll see some of that. It's, it's, it's great. I've always watched. I don't even hardly watch sports anymore, you know. And yeah. I still have always watched the show because it's so neat to see. And yeah, most people get excited for any uh, team they show. So it's neat to watch the, uh, the Browns, right? I knew you would love it. Oh, we, I love you, it. You're. I see no. you watch the episode. Multiple. No, it,
1: it was a great. It was a great first episode. We we saw. You know, the the big thing everybody hit on were Hugh Jackson, the coach. His um, his brother had died. And within the first few days of training camp... Hugh his,
3: Jackman is the coach.
1: Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. And uh, within the f- first few days of training camp, his mother dies. So he's, you know, dealing with all these families. And now
2: he has to coach the Browns. Right. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> an insult to injury after why, tragedy.
1: Why would anybody <laughs> stick around... <laughs> But we see him deal with that. There's this great moment with Jarvis Landry, and he gets up and gives a, a speech trying to motivate uh, the other wide receivers. And then Carl Nassib, who's this uh, defensive end. There's this room of defensive ends, um, and and he's the lo- he he's giving out financial tips. That's pretty and, great. And how to how to handle their money.
3: It's wonderful. He was doing math for them, and it was yes. just breaking their brains. <laughs> he was just like trying to say, like, think about it. Multiply whatever you're doing times your lifetime or whatever. If you spend $10,000, you could have made 10% on that or whatever. You know, say, that's $640,000 over your lifetime or your career. Right. What? <laughs> They're like, you how many hours a day do you spend on social media and Instagram? Like, oh, two hours. It's like, that's... Two months out of the year or, or, or you know, one said, month out of the year or something. They're yeah. like, what? <laughs> 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 is that bad? <laughs> it's like, that was a year. Yeah, it, it's it, good. it, it was good. It was pretty great. Watching pretty these great. thunderheads try to freaking figure <laughs> out stuff. <something. laughs>
1: no, but there, there were, there were some, there were some very humane moments in it. And that's the great thing always about that hard knocks has always done is they're not just football players. You really see them at more as people. And, and what they're going through, and it, because everybody just gets wrapped, well, they're millionaires and they make all that money and it doesn't matter. And, and you, you see the other side of it, you know, these guys that came from poverty for the most part for nothing and football was their only way out. And, um, you know, like one of the line, Christian Kirksey's, he's a linebacker. And they get
2: drafted by the Browns. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Just when you think you made it. <laughs> he, he was telling them all, you know, in the meeting room, uh, on the show last night, that you know to to write down why why they were there. Give me one reason you're here, and uh, and and put it up and look at it every day when you get up and every night when you go to bed and stuff like that. Did
3: you do that? I bet you did that. I
1: haven't done that yet. <laughs> I, I, I was waiting for the podcast. I was going to do it then. Why am I, and I here, Cheryl? <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: going to say mattresses, but that's probably
3: better. <laughs> that's why he, got, he doesn't even need a note. He yeah. just wakes up and there's his mattress. <laughs> gets to bed. There's his mattress. Right. <laughs>
2: so what's your prediction for this football season, Cliff? Let's get it on air. Better or
3: worse than last year? Brown its well, hot record. takes.
2: Let's get some. Hot well, let's takes see. Last or... year, what
3: was the record? Oh, it's sixteen. Yeah. yeah let's turn this into like a sports college yeah. show. Yeah. What's, oh. wrong?
2: What's wrong with the Browns, Cliff? Terrible us how We've got
3: Steve from Parma on the line. <laughs> can they do worse than 0-16? No. Okay. <laughs> so well, mathematically,
2: do we learned some math. They
1: yeah. can uh, move you know. to Baltimore or something. As <laughs> oh, mentioned. let's not even go there. <laughs> Too
0: soon. Too soon. Too
1: soon.
0: <laughs>
2: yep.
3: Oh,
2: my gosh. That's good. Ew,
3: I'm, I'm actually stuck. Give going. us a
2: number, Cliff. How many wins this season?
3: Um...
1: They were they won zero last year, so uh,
2: it's given over and over.
1: I'm going to say six, what six. Big improvement.
3: Wow, that's that's pretty good. It's a huge improvement. <laughs> Does that keep this guy's job? Yes. Okay. I can't believe he still has a job going zero and sixteen.
1: If if he doesn't win a game, I would say before week six, then probably not. Yeah. I agree.
3: <laughs> Uh, well, I think we got to mention Caesar premiere of Better Call Saul was this week. Did everybody watch that? Yes. 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 No. No. <laughs> I just want to confirm that. Um, it's a strong show. I mean, I, I, I do keep hearing some blasphemy out there. People are like, oh, I love it better than Breaking Bad. And I'm like, step off. <laughs> just settle down. It is great. Well,
2: I was thinking... Because I rewatched, they played the last season, and it's—I think it's—it was over a year mm. between seasons, so I—I mm. I, I knew the main beats, but I wanted to, to touch up where we left off on the last season. So I rewatched the last episode, and this this show—it's not episodic at all. Like I can think back, what are your favorite episodes of Breaking Bad? Like, yeah, it was a long cohesive story, but it still had. Episode. Told story, yeah. Each by episode. episode. This was just sort of, it all is one long thing. It's very, it's much less episodic. So I don't know, it might not be your style. I don't know. Right. Yeah,
0: the thing with Saul that sticks to me is like, it is not afraid to take its time. Yeah. Like, it really is a show that takes its time in so many ways, just from the overall storyline. You know, like, we had a big event kind of happen at the end of last year, so you're thinking, Okay, what's, well, how's this gonna start? How long after is it gonna be? And it's like, it just starts that night and it's, mm. you see the next day, you know, it's this very drawn out. So, you know, I could see uh, if you don't like that
2: type of storytelling. But they're probably, they have a pedigree and they know they're not gonna get canceled. So they yeah. don't have to hurry and get to the next thing. They Plus can they have do a, do on
0: their own. They terms. have a finite amount of you know it's a prequel right so they yeah. know they can only go so far before they kind of except
3: get- I I made the call last year that I I remember being like surprised I oh wait I, what a great idea because I've heard, heard people talking when are they going to catch up to Breaking Bad and they'll have to stop I'm like they don't have to stop yeah they can just totally overlap. They could yeah. go through half of Breaking Bad yeah. and just show stuff that happened alongside it. So uh, that would be. And I you hope can they do. Do that. a whole season of him working at Cinnabon, like you yeah. can do. Yeah, yeah, you can the go to the future
2: as well. Yeah, the whole post.
3: Yeah, I, I do love the show, and I love the thing that they do like Breaking Bad, like this whole thing with Mike in this episode. You don't even know what he's doing. <laughs> my, that's my, my that was my favorite part of the episode
0: because, you know that shows so they love doing montages and like Mm. you'll just see there'll be a 15 minute scene of mike just doing a thing and going to a place and you're trying to piece together what he's doing and i love the season premiere kind of flip that oh because you just see the guy and he's looking like what is happening and they do the smash cut to mike has the guy's badge (laughs) And you're like the whole thing just it's in your
3: head. Right. Oh, and Mike, all you can think is, "Wow, they, what did they yeah. even do all that other stuff for?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was great. Yeah, I love, I love, I do love the show. It's not Breaking Bad, though. Everybody said that. Um, I watched the show that followed that. Uh, Jordan, today uh, Lodge Forty Nine. You did you watch Lodge it? I, Lodge. I, I saw, I saw commercials for it, but I did not watch great. the show. Yeah. Did you watch Black
0: Mirror? I've watched a lot of Black Mirror some but I'm ep- not completely caught. Okay, up. well there was an episode It's the guy.
3: It's the yeah. guy from Playtest. Yeah. An episode that was really good. and He basically plays the same type of character like just he's up for anything. Yeah. Um, it it's really good. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's basically the story is he is a down on his luck guy and he fi- is using a metal detector on the beach finds a ring to some mysterious lodge. And that he never even noticed before and he ends up go, going there and trying to join just to hopefully change his life, you know, maybe he'll meet some people and, and, and there's another character involved that belongs to the lodge that has his own, own story, but it's, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm definitely going to give it a chance, keep going until it disinterests me, but I, it's just got that AMC quality show feel. So I definitely think it's worth. Checking out if you like him. I do.
0: Speaking of AMC quality shows, see this segues is oh man. family.
3: Um, you guys never
0: talked about a show that I watched a number of months ago that was my favorite thing I've watched on TV in like years. It was a show called The Terror. Did anyone watch this show? I watched part of an episode
3: well, and I know that it got a lot enough. of good reviews. Tell yeah,
0: us all about it. This was a very highly thought of. I think it got very good reviews from a lot of a lot of places um but it's a show it's based on a book by i think dan simmons is the guy's name um and he's done a few books that are similar like this but it, it took a real life kind of historic mystery of this arctic expedition from like the 1840s that sailed from britain to go find the northwest passage through uh, the high arctic and no one ever heard from him again. And they took decades and decades of trying to find the answers of what happened to this crew. It's one of the great enduring mysteries of global adventure. And, um, this dude wrote a book kind of fictionalizing that and then adding kind of a supernatural element to that. That, you know, not only did they get lost in the Arctic, but a giant monster was eating them kind of thing. And, uh, so AMC did a show based on that book. It was 10 episodes, and, you know, uh, Jared Harris from Mad Men is kind of the star of it, and um, it's, you know, based on all the real-life people that was on this expedition, and yeah. I, I, it was so good I've read like three or four books since I watched it about this expedition because wow. it's a very fascinating kind of mystery. Um, it's just, it's unlike anything you've ever seen on TV. It's a, It's a very kind of faithful you know historic it's all all these no-name british actors you've never seen or heard of Well, jared harris
3: you well said other than bad. him yeah
0: um but you know the the way they talk is very period appropriate and you know just the way it's shot it looks beautiful um it's it was amazing i i, I loved every minute of it i'm um, hoping it would come out on netflix sometime soon because i want to watch it again um Highly recommend it. I don't, okay. I don't know what else you guys heard well, I have
2: nine it. episodes of it saved on my DVR and somehow <laughs> missed like episode eight. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm been, I've been waiting for them to We're rerun him,
3: it. I tried to get him to watch this Lodge show and he said, no, he's got to finish Daredevil. Guys,
2: <laughs> I'm <Okay, so laughs> almost through Daredevil season two. How much time do we have to talk about it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I
3: said that's what I was waiting on is your Daredevil review. It's um, I, I had also heard really good things about it, so. Yeah, if it ever is on some sort of streaming service, I'll probably watch it. Especially, you know, after hearing so much yep. good stuff about it. We had some really good news. I, I'm sure you heard. We were already wondering. One of our favorite shows when we did our top current shows. Hero? <laughs> Hero. <laughs> that's not what I was going to say. Uh, that's some other good news. But, um, was one of our favorite shows. Fargo.
2: Fargo. Is
3: actually coming back for a fourth season. You betcha. <laughs> but, well, it's not going to be up there in in that part of the country. That's what I heard, and it's kind of Chris Rock in it. Which sound, did you? Hear that? No,
2: I didn't hear anything. I heard. Wow.
3: That. Well, it's amazing. You could
2: literally tell me anything, and I'll believe it. I'm
3: going. To, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna look at the screen and pretend I'm reading. It's set on the spaceship from season two.
0: <sighs> Sweet.
3: Uh, it says uh, it's in the 1950s at the end of two great American migrations. That of Southern Europeans from countries like Italy who come to the U.S. at the turn of the last century and settled in northern cities like New York and Chicago, and African Americans who left the South in great numbers to escape Jim Crow and moved to those same cities. You saw a collision of outsiders all fighting for a piece of the American dream. And they end up in Kansas City, Missouri, two criminal syndicates striking an easy peace: one Italian, one African American. And Chris Rock plays the head of the african-american family and who in order to prosper has surrendered his oldest boy to his enemy and who must in turn raise his son's enemy as his own in an uneasy peace that's profitable and i'm just like this sounds so fargo and great
2: that sounds amazing i it know is. i'm just
3: so excited about it this is dc comics
2: yes uh... <laughs>
3: This is new gods,
2: new gods, and apocalypse. Yeah, I'm excited. No, that's why I, I love stories like that. Like I've never heard that story. I didn't know there was a great immigration and like a show that can be that specific and get a good story out of a very specific place and a very specific time and a very specific type of person. That's
0: that's great. I really I loved season two of that show. That was kind of the other period mm. season they did that was set in the 70s, and they were just. It was so good at the little details of being a period piece. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It, it should be amazing. Cannot wait
3: for that. Now, you mentioned Arrow. We got some really good the news first for time a really ever. bad show. The first <laughs> time I've ever
2: mentioned Arrow.
3: Yeah. What's the story?
2: We have a Batwoman.
3: Yes. On Arrow. Why did they pick this show to do I,
2: It seems like one of those backdoor pilots where they're going to... Well, that's how they introduced Flash. Right. On oh, Arrow. Right. We brought in Grant Gustin as a guest star like well, let's see if this works and it did so i feel like they're doing the same thing with batwoman now ruby rose
1: oh well. yes
3: which if you if tell it, us
2: all our mini roles woo! clip so many things
3: <laughs> so, so many, many. <laughs> i we all saw her for the first time on orange is the new black yep. and she is almost not real looking her features are very uh she's like a live anime yeah, she's very good, nice. Be- I mean, of course, she's beautiful, but there's a lot of beautiful actresses and actors. But she, she just, stands out. She stands out. It's just like almost like it's odd that she looks like that, but in a pleasing way, I guess. But she's a, was a good actress, and I'm, I think she would make a great
2: yeah. Batwoman. Like yeah, I'm
3: excited. Yeah.
2: Well do you want to guess the opinion on some of the message boards I was reading today?
3: I would uh, guess geez. that they have a problem with. Batwoman as a character in the first place, probably right. right. I,
2: a lot of
0: let's just
3: cut that. They have a problem with woman. Right. Period. Right. They want a white straight bat creature, which they don't understand. They already have that as yeah. Batman.
1: Why? Why? Well, I mean, why couldn't they do the uh, the original version of Batwoman where she had the, the purse? Oh yeah. <laughs> she
2: carry the purse around. <laughs> <laughs> now Come the people on, who were awful. if they didn't like her said oh she's too small she's too skinny and then people were like yeah you said the exact same thing about Gal Gadot and you had to eat your word so just relax just wait till you see it yeah Oh, I love
1: those Batwoman comics of uh New fi- when the New Fifty Two came out, man, they were they were beautiful. The character was wonderful and dynamic and even the supporting characters. Yeah, I heard you book. have the first issue.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I did. New fifty two number like eleven is the first time she's in the costume on the cover, gorgeous looking cover. And I remember keeping that back in the day. I was like, oh, that's the first Batwoman. I'll put that aside. Yeah. And I hear, boom, Hollywood announcement. <gasps> Let's check that up. What's it going for? Oh, her first appearance is issue six, where Kate Kane just walked by without the costume. Yeah. was like, hey, everybody.
1: No, That was just in 50. That wasn't the new 52. 52 that was 52. Sorry, yes, the series yeah, 52. That, boy, if you yeah. haven't read that, pick that up. That is a wonderful book.
2: Yeah, that introduced her the new version of the character yeah. and then she went on to be in detective comics and had her own solo title for quite a while. So yeah, very distinctive look, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I can see the character wears a wig. Right. So I can see her red. I can see her as a civilian, maybe kind of more of a butch cut or something. Yeah. You know, she could look like herself and then when she goes puts a costume on have a big flowing wig like Black Canary. We could have a question, what color is Basilma's <laughs> hair? <laughs> Can't
3: wait. <laughs> Uh, you guys see Alf? Reboot now. Hide your cats. Hide your cats! Is Willie still around? I can't Owl. imagine. Do you, let's, <laughs> should we take a bet on whether Willie's still alive or not?
1: Why? I'm pretty
3: sure he is. Really? Is Wow. He had to have been in his late 40s, early 50s. I think I looked it up a few months ago. Cause you looked it up. Well, we were my my random, kids randomly were randomly uh, looking up my Alf no, trivia. My
0: kids had He was eating kind off a Melmac plate. <laughs> my kids discovered ALF like right. three or four months ago. They were watching a few episodes. So we were what it. is it on? It's on Prime, I think.
2: Yeah.
1: Wow. 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 <laughs> That's
0: crazy. Did I
2: read they're doing more like a CGI version? It's I not really going to be a dude to put him in a suit.
1: I already. That's did ridiculous. It. I don't. I may have read that. I Might as well know. give him a purse. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Help me, Rhonda. Oh yeah. I like that show. Back yeah. I remember enjoying it as a kid.
1: I remember the Alf cartoon,
2: the Saturday morning cartoon too. Yeah. It Let's was, just talk about Alf. It was like a pop culture phenomenon yeah it, yeah, was. yeah it was not just a show it was like it was a thing it had right. merchandise dolls and, and well, sleeping bags it, the weird part is that like
0: the guy who did ALF like was a bit of a diva about it <laughs> like I don't want to talk out of school this here but that's too hairy <laughs> you no know, he, he, he was very like protective of the character like he was the only one that could perform it, and, like, he would only do certain things, and, like, if they wanted to do, he was like, oh no, Alf wouldn't do that. Or, like, it was very, it, if you could go on and read about it, it was very strange, because he was very, so
2: I'm just You curious. have done your research, sure. yeah.
0: I know a lot about Alf, guys. <laughs> um, Mrs. Akmonic. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I just hit you with a, wow. I just hit you with
2: a Mrs. Akmonic. Jeez.
0: Um, but, yeah. No wait, wait, what what was his name? Gordon Shumway. Gordon Shumway. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Yeah, the kid.
2: I never liked the kid, Mm -hmm. but the older sister. I was like one of those early
1: crushes. Oh yeah, she she had it going on.
2: She like she's (laughs) in the closet with the phone. (laughs) Like, just come join the family.
1: So is this going to be a a total reboot, or is this going to be like pick up where they left off? Because you remember the finale, like.
2: What, do you remember the finale? Yes, and yeah, they're blowing it was like my Bear mind. Mrs. Ockmonic was like trying to shoot down a UFO, and it was all house people coming back. You don't remember this?
3: No. <laughs> Jeez, I
0: might have been too old for it. by that There time. was a TV movie they did too. I don't know. That was like after the show, At, but like, they caught him. Yeah, it was like he was like in a government facility. Oh, I don't, I don't been, remember. I must I don't have been. Know. Yeah. I never saw the movie. I just read about it. Oh. in the course of my
2: ALF research yes. that I was it's doing. It's just in my file somewhere. Yeah, I'll have to find
3: it. Wow. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Good show. Yes, it's on Prime. <laughs> Anyone wants to catch up on ALF, you don't know what we're talking about. ALF, Alien Life Form. It's great 80s comedy. It's actually yep. just some... It's very
0: family-friendly. Yeah, and very Jokey small children love it. It's, yeah.
3: ba- it's, uh, it's a bunch of conversations... Of jokes. Yeah. It's just Alf with punchlines and it's great. Oh my gosh. I watched a
0: new show. Am I allowed to just say it? Yes, yes. I <laughs> um, a show Lou's called Making It, it on NBC. I don't know if it's a competition crafting game show hosted by Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Have crafting? You yeah, have anyone seen it? I saw Something it advertised. Okay, yeah. So it's My wife is very crafty. She likes to do things, so it was kind of up her alley. Right. The show itself is, if you've watched any kind of Great British Baking show, Mm. people love Ellen's Furniture Design Show, any of those shows, it's exactly like those shows. Except it has two of the funniest people on the planet as hosts, right. so it kind of elevates it above that. So if you enjoy any of those shows that you can just sit down and watch a, you know, silly competition show, I recommend this one because those two are hilarious and they're hilarious together and they're hilarious interacting with, like, normal people. And so the, yeah, I would watch those two all day long.
2: Very so funny. what are the types? Because, you know, the maker yeah. movement is big right now. So what? That's it's, kind it's of just the, arts and crafts or well, is it
0: more, like, functional it, stuff? That's kind of – it's, you know, based off, hey, this is kind of uh, exploding, kind of part of our culture right now is that it's cool to kind of make your own stuff and have different skills or whatever. And, of course, Nick Offerman is a big woodworker. He's known. It is known that he is a woodworker. He makes (laughs) canoes and all kind of stuff. So it starts off with, I don't know, six or eight contestants, and they generally each have their own kind of niche that they do. So one person makes stuff out of paper, and one person is a woodworker, and one person is like a... Hodgepodge. They just glue a bunch of crap together, mm. and
3: you know, so there's different. I'm a glue guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so one guy works with like felt. He takes felt and Craft I do, just, I do the glue. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, it's like each person has their own thing. But you know, like the first competition was make a 3D animal that's like your spirit animal or whatever. So like they your Patronus. Yeah. Like the drop like in. Yeah. <laughs> That they each came up with a cool thing, you know, in their own style or in their own way of crafting whatever they do. So, I mean, it was neat. Like I said, if you like any of those kind of, you know, those competition yeah. shows, you can yeah. just put on and watch and not chef. think about it. Yeah, anything like that, it's good. But the kind of step up that it has is that they're fun. Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman are just hilarious, and they're they're very funny hosting it. So That's she's good.
2: crafty. She's just my type.
3: She's crafty. Dun, dun, dun. Cowbell. Um, not much else other than to say that Sharp Objects on HBO, Damian Adams is still great. Um, Yellowstone is getting better and better. Do you agree?
2: I love Bethany, yeah, the daughter. Yeah, one of the best characters on TV yeah. right now. I I watched
0: I think the first three episodes. So I'm a little bit behind. Oh yeah, you're behind. My only problem is I like that character. I. She's not very good at doing an American accent. Like the first time she talked, I was like,
2: "What is she British or what?" And
0: like, <laughs> apparently, she is a British actress, yeah, and yeah, she's they just, all are. She can't nail
2: the American accent very well. And Kevin Costner's terrible at the American well, accent. He always. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, but it, it's definitely. I enjoy it now. Like I, uh, I caught when I got back from Jim Con I had a couple episodes saved and watched them earlier this week. And I was like, "Wow, I want the next one right now!" So we probably got it tonight, for all I know. Um, and last thing I remember seeing was on HBO a couple weeks ago. They had the Robin Williams documentary. Did you watch that clip? Not come in- come no, inside no. my mind. Mm-hmm. There was a very popular book recently. I think just called Robin, but this is just a documentary about him. Kind of behind the scenes, people talking about him. It was super friendly to him. Not that everybody doesn't love Robin Williams, but it really, it really was. I mean. Even his wife, his ex-wife, was like, "Yeah, he cheated on me, but whatever." You know, I was like, "Okay, this guy wasn't a saint." I love Robin Williams, but he was known for being a crackhead, you know, and yeah. and running around on his wife. Not but, a
2: fine gentleman.
3: Yeah. But uh, it was be a cokehead. It was, uh yeah. It was good. It was good. I I've seen better documentaries though. But if you're a fan of Robin Williams, it's definitely worth watching. I, he's just beloved you know so it's nice to see something talking about him see you're you're bound to see something you don't know about him
2: and the history of comedy is back on CNN they're doing new episodes got them saved the documentary series about comedians they've done one about animation Uh, their next one up is about comedy duos they've done one about sketch comedy so just tons of people they talk to lots of archival footage I'm I'm enjoying it
3: anything else about it we're wrapping it up one job! One job forever?
1: Look, I have one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it, okay?
3: You tosser. You had one job to do.
2: This is our new, hot new segment yeah. Seth always brags about because he invented it. <laughs> but the, the, the reviews are in and it's a hot segment. Everyone seems to like it. But we Every. have a trouble, we have trouble picking who we want to talk about because we don't want to just pick our favorite actors I mean I
3: trust me it's not like we can't think it's not I'm not asking you to tell me actors we know actors I've got a list of a hundred thousand (laughs) people but we're looking for something a little off you know sometimes
2: so we thought with Jared being our special guest he could bring one of his own So we always let the guest pick yes you you get to pick this episode and we're gonna are we are we over our 20 minute limit Cliff a little bit okay
0: Cool. Okay, so I read this week You're going to think where I'm going with this Okay, but I'll I'll be wrong Um, This week was the 25th anniversary Of a movie called The Fugitive 1993 And I saw a handful (laughs) of articles Came out this week That were kind of, you know Retrospective, kind of looking back And praising that movie as You know, this was, you know it was a, not a fran- they didn't try to make it a franchise it was a standalone thing uh, they did a sequel well that's true U.S. Marshall yeah, yeah. but uh, more of just you know it was a lot of practical effects and it was a so tell
2: t- me we're doing away. Wesley Snipes one job uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you know it was a great look back so I you know I looked at that movie and I know Seth wants me to do Harrison Ford but I'm gonna go the other way and we're gonna do Tommy Lee Jones uh. one job yeah, okay. I know my answer. <laughs> okay, well I, I will throw some out there that I
3: kind of wrote down here as his more known role. Oh, you're roles. taking
2: Seth's one job. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Go ahead. Wow. Well,
3: let's start. Let's start <laughs> on the tail end here. We don't want to name as two a ones, even though you kind of already did name as one of his ones. Well, yeah. Uh, well, well, uh-oh. I guess I. Are you going to gang up against me? Yeah. Yep. You guys suck. <laughs> I, only, I didn't talk
0: to him about it, but I, I know what they're the going to pick.
3: Answer. I want to know. I want you guys to know that whoever's listening doesn't know what we're talking about. But I want you guys to know that I know what we're talking about. And I watched it in the past year. I'd never seen it. But I watched it in this past year. And I'm pissed that you guys are going to gang up against me and pick it. Because <laughs> it's not as good as... <laughs> my oh.
2: False.
3: Oh my gosh. that's a, Anyway, I won't name that. I won't spoil it for everybody. Space Cowboys. Okay, that, that's not going to be it. Um, <laughs> uh... <laughs> jeez Batman Forever yep um got Men in Black those movies Natural Born Killers um Lincoln he was in he was in The First Avenger yeah he Mm -hmm. uh, had a great great role in that No Country for Old Men yep definitely had a big role in that uh Nothing else really sticks out to me other than those, I had, the two uh, we're talking about. Kinda, I think it was his first
0: big movie was Coal Miner's Daughter. He oh, played, yeah, was uh, face the face. husband of yeah. uh, Loretta Lynn in that one. JFK, he had a big supporting mm. role in that. Nominated for an Oscar for supporting oh, actor for JFK. where
2: he bleached his hair blonde.
0: Yeah, he played like the effete southern weirdo. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's weirdo. a, that's quite he a role. He was good in it, yeah. Uh, Under Siege, he was the yep. villain. Steven Seagal's only halfway decent Watchable movie Um Blown Double, Away he was Double Jeopardy he was not the helpful. one he was in Uh The Client
3: Oh yeah I remember The Client uh,
0: Cobb He had kind of a starring role He's not He doesn't have a ton of those Uh Here's this one. Jordan always likes the name of this one. Three Burials of Melquiades Estrada. Oh, that's a great movie. That movie. That's such that's a one. I believe he directed that one too. Neo Western. Yeah. yeah, it's like him and uh, Barry Pepper is. Yeah, like, they're on the border. Barry Pepper's like a border agent who like I shoots one, one of his up. ranch hands. Oh, oh that's was a like great a, movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Three Burials of Melchiades Estrada. Hmm. Just imagine Tom
2: Lee Jones saying Melchiades. <laughs>
3: But yeah, I think the. Cliff, do you have any thoughts before we get into this fight that I'm going (laughs) to lose? I'm
2: not hearing those movies. Like, I expected
3: five or six to really be.
2: Well,
0: I think to me, the big ones that stick out, you know, JFK was a big one but he has more of a supporting role so it's obviously the fugitive is probably top on a lot of people's list men in black people yeah. love no country and probably no country for old men. men to me is probably of the ones we've mentioned so far yeah those are the you know, big those, those the are big the big, big ones. ones
1: yeah yeah i mean men, men in black i did really like him in captain america the first yeah, avenger it's great, nah. um still too skinny <laughs> <laughs> yeah this doesn't do much for me. The Fugitive. I remember him in the Fugitive. He was really good in that, but
3: I don't know. Don't talk yourself out of something good. That's
1: something.
2: weird. That you know I view him as oh, a guy who's been doing great work for thirty years, but he doesn't have that starring iconic
3: mm-hmm. role really. Yeah. Well, I think for me, The Fugitive is a near perfect movie in my top one hundred love it hate the idea you guys are going to f with it <laughs> he won the oscar he won the, the oscar yes. i'm sure supporting actor it was yep. he just was amazing in it Listen up, gentlemen.
1: our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes average foot speed over uneven ground barring injuries four miles an hour that gives us a radius of six miles what I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or doghouse in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Dr. Richard Kimball.
2: Go get him.
3: Uh, Cliff, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to put the drop in there about the outhouse and farmhouse, warehouse the, and all that jazz. One of the articles
0: I read about it this week is basically described. They said the it was describing Fugitive as kind of a perfect movie, and said like the perfect moment that just explains everything is when Tommy Lee Jones has the line. He says the fugitive's name is dr richard (laughs) kimball and he does that like very dismissive like that just tells you everything about this character it's perfect
3: (laughs) i just think that's one of the perfect roles like he nails it that movie wouldn't be what it is without what without without what tommy lee jones did in it it's just so amazing i love it that's that is absolutely my i'm
0: going batman forever (laughs) yeah No one liked his tortured portrayal as Harvey Dent. Tortured? No. Tortured? I had to that. watch it. My, my favorite thing about that was like...
2: Blind! You know, well, people like luck
0: going back and talking about it, you know, many years later about how Tommy Lee Jones could not take Jim Carrey. Like, he could not deal yeah. with Jim Carrey. Like, <laughs> he hated his whole thing. He, yeah. like, couldn't be around him. Because like at that point, Jim Carrey was the biggest star, you know, of the movie. I was, he was his huge star, and I just because that movie is so silly and the performances are so bad and silly, I just love to imagine Tommy Lee Jones like trying to act here. <laughs> he just cannot take yeah. Jim Carrey's tomfoolery, yeah.
3: as if his character isn't ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Um, so just go on okay. your diatribe. So here. I think
0: Jordan and I are. On the, uh, we're sending brain waves here, but it's a movie we watched a ton as a kid. And it's not even a feature film, this is a TV miniseries from
1: 1989, I believe, called Lonesome Dove. <laughs> tonight. CBS invites you and your family to relive a major television landmark. A testament to the opening of the American West. Winner of seven Emmy Awards. An epic adventure. For the last time on network television. CBS presents Lonesome Dove. This
3: is Cap Mudro F. Call. I'm Captain Augustus McCray. They say that both of you were Texas Rangers back in the old days. They lived
1: by
2: the strength of their word. Josh, I ain't no criminal. Sorry you caught the line. Their
1: courage guided the course of a nation. I don't see why you have to go up to Montana where the
2: Indians cannot fight you.
3: But I'd like to see at least one more place that ain't settled before I take up the rocket.
2: They say you clean the Comanches out and the bandits.
3: And their story became a legend.
2: You're
1: Hell no, I ain't all right.
3: I wish we'd never left Lonesome Dove Deeds.
1: Too many people already died. They
3: say you started the first cattle ranch up in
2: Montana.
1: Sounds like a damn wilderness, you ask me. Brave men and women driven not to tame the wilderness, but to keep the wilderness from taming
3: them. It ain't dying I'm talking about. It's living.
1: One man. If you want only one thing too much, it's likely to turn out a disappointment. Two women.
3: Did you look? Yes, I did.
1: One filled his life with passion. The other
3: filled his heart with love.
0: I'm afraid I'm gonna lose you.
3: One boy. I ain't keen to nobody in this world. Facing the trail to manhood alone. Did
1: you give that boy your name before you left Montana?
3: I don't know that he is my son. Starring Robert
1: Duvall, Angelica Houston, Tommy Lee Jones, Diane Lane, Robert Urich, Rick Schroeder, Danny Glover, and Frederick Forrest. They
2: say you're a man of vision.
1: Hell of a vision. America Returns to
0: Lonesome. It's the greatest TV movie of all time. The <laughs> okay. greatest Western of all we time. I don't care what you say. It's the greatest movie. And he plays Captain Woodrow F. Call, former Texas Ranger. Goes on a cattle drive with his buddy. And uh, it's just one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, it's Tommy Lee Jones' I didn't dislike
3: it. I don't, I don't want you guys to think that I, I didn't like it. I love Westerns. I love Robert Duvall and Tommy Lee Jones, and it's a really good movie. But I was I was expecting I was expect, I was thinking Double Indemnity. This guy hands out solid gold, and uh, I liked it.
2: But it's also it's the best novel adaptation of all time. It is, yes, it is. if, if you if you read the book, the book is always better than the movie. But they managed to capture everything the book does about the Old West about these two guys. And it's, it's my favorite kind of story about people who are past their prime, giving it one last shot. And it's just Robert Duvall, you know, all the adventure is behind him. They're gray haired old men and they, he, he just wants to sit on the porch and raise pigs, but Woodrow can't. He's not civilized and he has to keep conquering territory and they go on one last cattle drive. Yeah.
0: It's It's also Robert Duvall's greatest performance. Yeah.
2: Oh, and Robert Duvall has said that's his. Yeah. He's the godfather. And he says, yeah. you know, Augustus McRae is my greatest genius. There's a reason my
0: dog is named Augustus,
2: and it's because of Robert Duvall
0: in that name. Um, I was just reading about it a little oh, bit, change. and uh, it said apparently they offered the role of Woodrow to Robert Duvall first, and he said, I've played that kind of character. I want to play Gus, thank God. And for the role of Woodrow, they offered it to, I think it said, like, Robert uh, James Garner... And three or four other more well-known people before they got down to Tommy Lee Jones, and thank goodness they did. Oh,
3: thank God!
0: Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, so that's
2: my call. I, I call, call yeah, yeah. Woodrow. Well,
3: what a what a move!
2: I love No Country for Old Men as well. Yeah. As far as a starring role, that's probably the closest he has to carrying a movie. Mm. I love The Fugitive as well. And I and Men in Black again, it's a I was a cultural yeah. thing. That was mm-hmm. you know, the summer that came out. And you know, he is super, Men in Black was he everywhere. Is super
3: Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. <laughs> you know, I mean he definitely is himself. Well, that's why I picked him. I thought I felt like he had
0: three
2: or four really solid Oh yeah. Solid,
3: There's some hard meat hard on choices. the bone there. I love that moment in The Fugitive where he where Harrison Ford is saying, you know, I didn't do it. He's like I don't care. That's not yeah. what he's about. He is there to catch him. That's yeah. it, yeah. Cliff. But be a light.
1: I don't. I mean, for me, it's probably Men in Black or, or The Fugitive. I honestly it doesn't make. A I don't know how goal. this works. Do you have to? It works like ones? this. Cliff never cares. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Um, I think Men
2: in Black... I, I don't know. Uh, he doesn't star in anything. I wouldn't be against voting for The Fugitive because it's so iconic and you know exactly what movie you're quoting when you hear some of those lines and everyone knows it.
3: But that's not what it's about. I, I, I mean, I appreciate what you're saying there. I agree. It would... Man, if Tommy Lee Jones, the fugitive on his Mm -hmm. headstone, looks pretty good to me. (laughs) But... But I can also say he's doing Robert Duvall but if and, I, and but
2: if I say
0: Newt P. Get your rope. You know what I'm saying.
2: You know who I'm talking. About. Yeah, he all does. Them, all them <laughs> cowboys you killed and farmers you burn. <laughs> Newt P. Get your rope. Uh, great uh,
0: I don't know anything of a dang kind.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll just quote Lucy Dove. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. you're, you're just going to bury it. me in making <laughs> lots of Dove quotes.
0: Uh. Well, I mean if you gang up on me three to one, I'll concede to the fugitive. You, wanna, like you say, wanna make a choice. We'll say we'll say Robert Duvall.
2: If we okay. can just do him both, let's just do Robert Duvall and call it Lansome Dove. Yeah. And we'll <laughs> oh now I gotta look at a Robert Duvall list.
3: <laughs> let's stick to one guy here. Let's yeah. see. Cliff, are you making a decision? Or what I'm you gonna go do? with Men in Black. Oh <laughs> kill me. Men in Black! <laughs> Uh, he would be so he would roll in his grave. He, uh, you know, I don't know the The Fugitive is
1: I think my favorite best rolling, movie's
3: ever. My,
1: I mean, like it's fine. <laughs> I don't remember like being excited ever excited to watch The Fugitive. I
2: yeah, I hurts. can't tell you how many times I've seen it, maybe twice, like yeah. I remember liking it, but it's not one it I. It was really the first
3: DVD it. I didn't, ever bought.
2: did oh, get... mine was Tremors? <laughs> oh, <Not> really. <Yeah.
3: laughs> Thanks, Brian. Didn't we, we
2: own Fugitive on VHS? I believe we did. Okay, I feel like I watched it. Quite
3: I remember times. going to Media Play in Columbus. They used to put those in those ca- toy castle stores or whatever. That you know what what was the name of those stores? They were shaped like castles. It used K- to be K- toy K- stores. Hmm? K- no, I forget. Anyway, it's old. Anyway, when DVDs came out, Media Play went off the charts. That was the, that was the pre-circuit city, like where people went to get media. And I remember the first movie I bought on DVD was The Fugitive. I honestly, I think I want to change it. I think my favorite. Oh God, it's going to be some Christmas. No, my
1: favorite is (laughs) Captain America, the first Avenger. Now that I, 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 you know, as far as Tommy Tommy Lee Jones goes, that really is the one that I, I, thought of first I respect that.
3: Yeah. I'm still gonna fugitive, but okay, so I I take the fugitive, Cliff takes (laughs) Captain America the first Avenger.
2: I take Man in Black. (laughs) I take Batman
1: forever. There it is. (laughs) You're listening to it right now are. I'm, I'm sure. I can't hear anything. Yeah. Listen harder.
2: <laughs> I'm right. not going to let the guest pick again. I, I can sense the rules changing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just I don't. blew
3: it. <laughs> you just ruined it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so.
2: Now you just got to fight even harder to make Harrison Ford's one job fugitive. Sure.
3: right. <laughs> What, what, what are you guys saying? For sure, your final picks. If you think you're playing something over there, we don't hear. It. Oh no no no! <laughs> I was waiting on them. Yeah, I put my final. Yeah, one. I'm going with Captain America. That's I'm going first Avenger. It. He's going.
2: I, yeah, me. Lonesome Dove is in my top ten of anything ever made. Well, yeah, Lonesome Dove it
0: is.
3: <laughs> He's locking it in, <laughs> and so forever. In the Capal Archives, Tommy Lee Jones only performed one role. And it was Captain Woodrow at the call.
0: Lonesome Dove. At you then, guys. For the next edition of Capal Theater, we'll do some Lonesome (laughs) Dove. Oh, I think you did. (laughs) Yeah, we just heard it. (laughs)
3: let's wrap it up yes indeed
2: thanks for listening you can find us many places online like at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter www.youdownwithkpp.com or on Facebook leave some comments argue with us about this no, none of you are going to agree with that no
3: way back up Seth <laughs>
2: and tell him how wrong we are we want to know your favorite Tommy Lee Jones role.
3: Yeah, and heck, give us always throw us some names out there. We'll look at them, and see if we want to do one job on one of your suggestions. This was a great one. It didn't work out for me, but it was a great one. <laughs> Thank you for
0: joining
2: us, our special guest Coach Mayer. Thanks for having me. As always, I am Jordan Lowe. Capal, the pop culture podcast. <laughs> hold on,
3: <laughs> hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I'm the only one that matters, it's Jordan. N- it's not a science. <laughs> There's three buttons. <laughs> I do want to, while, while he's digging around there, not way, I want to thank Cliff, because uh, we tricked him into doing a lot of episodes of great length.
1: <laughs> yes. yes, I told them before the show, one episode, keep it at an hour, and here we are. Two and a half hours later. <laughs> on a Wednesday night. The
2: first one was really short. It was barely an episode. Uh, oh,
1: Actually, yeah. it's not even It's Thursday morning
2: now. <laughs> really You're is. gonna fall asleep watching a movie at work. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I won't have anything to talk really about, about next time. time. Yeah. Did you play the ending or what? Did we yeah. even Go sign out? Go done.
3: Do it again. Sign out. As always. <laughs> did we do the Just say you're Jordan Love.
2: No, I don't want to.
3: I'm Jordan Love. It's not going to play. I'm Jared.
1: (laughs) This is great. I'm too tired for this. There it is. Cliff Barnes. So, bye forever.
0: Hell of a vision.
1: Capal, the pop culture podcast, is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of ww.udownwithkpp.com
3: Behind the scenes, we are the world information. <laughs>
0: it's my favorite fact about We Are the World is Waylon Jennings was the only artist to like storm out if he thought it was stupid. <laughs>
3: oh.
1: All right, we ready to go on this one? Yep. All right, here we go.